The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. This is The Lori Moss Show. Better job, better life. If you desire to reach your highest potential in your professional life, the next hour is going to help you uncover proven concepts developed by Lori Moss to help you pump up your professionalism, up-level your career, and transform from being stuck to being sought after. The Lori Moss Show, Better Job, Better Life, tackles all of the tough talks everyone knows about, gossips about, but never fully address in the workplace. Now is your time to transform with the expert in professional presence. Now, here is your host, Lori Moss. Welcome to the show. I'm Lori Moss. And our topic today is personal branding and why it matters to your success. Now, personal branding tells people what you stand for. It's how you appear, behave, and interact, and how those those interactions align and define what you are known for in business. It gives you and others clarity on what you can and want to contribute in the workplace. And an authentic brand will get you sought after for new opportunities that are right for you. Today we'll be going over the how-tos of branding and we'll give you a takeaway or two that you can apply at work now and see a change for the better. Joining us today in our personal brand discussion is Anna Wilderbuth. Anna is the founder of Personal Images, a professional development company. She's recognized um, internationally as a leader in the image industry, coaching Hi, high potential leaders, and is also the author of Change One Thing, which is an insightful read about discovering what's holding you back and how to fix it. Anna, welcome to the show. Thank you, Laurie. I'm, I'm pleased to be here. Anna, you've been in the professional development industry for over 20 years. Um, you know, today, yes. personal branding seems to be the it phrase for when it comes to marketing yourself in the workplace. What has been your personal experience uh, with its evolution, and why are you an avid advocate of personal branding today? Well, first of all, in the 20-some years, it has evolved tremendously. 20 years ago, for the woman, it was about the right suit, and for the man, it was about the right tie selection. And today, it's a much bigger, larger picture. It is about what you stand for, regardless of your suit, regardless of your tie. It's how you understand your audience and how your audience understands you. And there are elements to a personal brand. Yes, it is the way you walk into the room, the way you engage folks, and your message. But then who knows you? So the brand extends larger than that. So it is basically every time you meet somebody, whether it's on the street, in the halls of your organization, or whether it's on social media, whether it's LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, is how do you represent yourself and what do you stand for? There's the internal brand and the external brand. So what would you like to talk about today, the external or the internal? Well, a little bit of both. Um, what I'm curious about, because we've, we've talked about how this has evolved, 
is what kind of impact has the digital business platform made as far as branding where all we have to do is a Google search and find out what we want to know about someone before we even meet them or even connect with them. Well, the interesting thing about that is that for those who are entrepreneurs, you have a website. And for those who are in organizations, you not necessarily have a website, but what you can use in the media element is be published. And on your LinkedIn, everybody should be on LinkedIn. And you can have articles published on there. You can also have your presentations published on there with the agreements and the I call the approval of your organization. That gives you some social media exposure. Twitter and Facebook may be a little bit, uh, has some, how can I say, depending on the organization and their policies, how much you can use the Facebook and the Twitter depends. But for entrepreneurs, they're the, the it's a limitless because you have your own set of I call guidelines. But I think back to the to the digital piece, it is really critical because today most folks, when they're looking for individuals to hire for an organization or to promote within, they will go to social media and see where have you been, what you've published, how you how you present yourself in the LinkedIn. Is your picture current? Are the pieces of element that you've been involved in on LinkedIn? Are you endorsed by people, by individuals? I get endorsed every day for leadership, team building, image-related issues. So I think it's very important, digital media. And also my experience has been I have seen several people not selected for job opportunities because the employer has gone to their Facebook because so often – as a manager, when I was looking for employees, what I really wanted to get after, because the resume told me what their credentials, education, what their abilities were, but I wanted to get, af- get after the qualities of these people. Are they going to be responsible, reliable? Are, do they seem to be someone that can get along with others? It, it's almost as if Facebook can provide some of that information. And I have, I have seen people not make the cut in the interview process because it's been discovered that there are some concerns about how they conduct themselves outside of the workplace that would impact whether they're even going to get into the workplace reliably the next day. Um, so that being said, I'm kind of throwing Facebook in there as... It's a very, maybe. very important never to have... It. Everyone knows this, but sometimes we forget. Never put anything negative in print, whether it's on Facebook, whether it's your instant messaging, whether it's on LinkedIn, never anything negative. And always try to put something on the LinkedIn or really your Facebook, if you have a Facebook, that shows the other side of you. I tend to be a bit, when folks meet me or are introduced to me, a bit of intimidating because of what I do. But if you go to my business Facebook page and my personal Facebook page, I will have pictures of my dog, <laughs> my, my Lily, because it softens me. I will mm-hmm. put pictures of flowers, of things, arrangements I have. And very rarely will I talk about business, but I will blog twice a week, which is important about communication and image-related issues and p- pieces that are, are in the workplace now that will be helpful. So it is important to be sure that you can show another face of yourself on social media because usually your interview is only an hour and sometimes never face-to-face. It's on the phone. 
And so people are after as much information as they can get, especially if they're not face-to-face, because really looking someone in the eye is probably... It's important, very important. But that's where social media can help One of the most telling things about whether there's authenticity going on in the interview. Right. But that's why your your Facebook page has a really good picture of yourself. Uh, has some interesting things about yourself. There's also a share share slide where you can share presentations if it's appropriate that people can see where you are coming from and, and, and the things that you teach. I think it's your brand is larger than life. You must expect that. And you'd be surprised the people that well, you may have met 20 years ago may remember you. You want them to remember the positive things. Yes, there are a few bumps on the road because we're not all perfect. Because if we were all perfect, we might not be real. But your personal brand needs to stand for you. Right. And so I, I think we covered that pretty well because we, what we'd like to do with the listeners today is really give you some how-tos on on what to expect in developing your personal brand, uh, giving you a couple of takeaways. So, you know, let's talk about the personal branding process, Anna. Okay. Let's say you've got a new client and you're meeting them for the first time. At what point do you bring the personal branding conversation into the relationship? Well, first of all, you're meeting a first new client. My hope is it is a client that's in your target market that it's a client that you have a synergy with in terms of the organization. And also, if you're meeting a new prospective employer within the organization and they're in a different, I call, unit of your organization or a different division, be sure that you understand what they provide and how you can best benefit them. On a face-to-face call, number one is be sure the face-to-face or even the phone call, do your research. Find out what, is they, what are they looking for that you can provide and how can you provide it, number one. Number two is that if it's a face-to-face, be sure that you understand the culture of the new organization or the new, I call, division of the organization because organizations are huge today. So what might work for one group may not work for another group. Be sure that you have a personal story about yourself and be sure that you have a story that's relevant to the the group that you're interviewing for. So when you're working with a client, uh, they're coming in and saying, I'm stuck in business and I I really would like to advance and professional presence uh, usually uh, there's something in appearance, behavior, interactions that maybe are holding someone back. So my question is, do you approach personal branding right away with somebody who is, um, you know, wanting to transform in their career? Or do you hold off a little bit before you get into the conversation? Because I know there's a lot of resistance sometimes to building a brand. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it, can, oh, it can seem like a huge process that people don't know they're getting into, and yet it's absolutely critical to their success. So. I think it's important, and when usually I'm engaged by senior leadership, I will have a meeting with that person, and we will develop, I will look for signs of chemistry between us. Okay. So once that there is a chemistry that I feel that we can strike up and we are partners, then the, then the next piece would be that my first meeting would, a couple of things, I like them to fill out, fill out a questionnaire, which kind of gives me a little bit of insight of them. 
Most of it we will have talked through it, but I like to see it on paper. I will have them complete a couple assessments, which will give me insight to the way that they think a little bit and the way they communicate. And then the last thing when we meet, we will do a videotape. And it will be the videotape where they will become the consultant, and they will look at this person on video and say, what does that person, how does that person resonate with you? That will be the beginning of development of the personal brand. In some cases, the individual may be well put together, but there is a lack of empathy in their part. There's a lack of connection that they could connect to their, to their, to their audience. And I think that's sometimes, it's a mis, a mis, uh, misconception to think that if you have all the right clothes, that's all you really need. It's a tip of the iceberg. It is clothes are important, yes, but there's the, technical skills that you have, the way that you communicate, and understand how you navigate through certain things in the organization, elements in the organization. So do I begin it right away? Not necessarily. But first of all, we have to develop a chemistry because it's a trust element. I want to be able to trust the person that I work with, and I want them to be able to trust me. And they also have a right to push back. At any given time, if something that is said they don't understand, I want them to be able to push back. And just because someone becomes highly recommended to someone that's seeking that out, we we have the right, it's our personal brand, and we do have to feel very comfortable and trust that person. That's what I'm hearing you say. So that's the critical first step yes, before absolutely. you sign up with absolutely. anyone. Um, so what have you found to be the biggest areas of resistance around personal branding? Say that one more time, Lori. Well, so you run into resistance about personal branding, whatever that is. Oh, I didn't know the process would encompass all of this. I'm not sure if I'm prepared to devote my time to this. Uh, where is the biggest area of resistance? The, first, the biggest area is how you communicate with them. Okay. There's, there's this great tape that I have. It's really, really old with the gentleman that used to be the chairman of Southwest. And he talks about getting picked up by this cab driver who just was terribly put together. The cab was really dirty, but this guy could make a connection to him. This cab driver knew exactly about the, because he had just flown into this area and didn't know anything. And this cab driver knew the, the area really well, knew places to go, knew, knew about the organization, all those different pieces, and he could read the CEO, and they, they connected really well. And he ended up building, helping this cab driver build the whole fleet of cabs. So my point is, it's all about communication. There's a study in Personal, personnel, International, personnel International says, after job success, what's the most important thing critical to success? 31% is people and communication skills. That's the number one area that you need to make an impact with. People need to be able to have a cup of coffee with you. They need to feel comfortable with you because in all projects, in all situations, there was something that will come up that's a bump in the road, and you want to be able to navigate through it. Uh, Stephen Conner you know, even talked about you know the... What, uh, one, go ahead. Go ahead. But one tricky area might be around communication is the part of of how we behave in business with our colleagues and um, what our reputation is. A lot of times... We don't, you know, a client may not see that that is probably their biggest barrier. (laughs) 
it, it, that would be tricky as a coach to really get to that and help them in that particular area if that's the problem because nobody has their back. The people that are working for them won't have their back no matter how great they look and no matter how well they schmooze with the CEO. If they don't take care of the people they work for, they really can't advance in the organization very effectively because they're not building relationships. Absolutely, and that's a really great point, Lori. In a recent article, Carla Harris, who is the Senior Vice President at Stanley Morgan, Morgan well, I think I don't know if I got the title right, but anyway, she had said something to someone who had just gotten fired, and she said the biggest problem, because this woman was really good at what she does, but the biggest problem was no one had her back in the room. And so my point is what you just said. It's important in the business world to have a champion and have a mentor. Many, many champions and many mentors. One or two mentors, but at least have two or three champions. In every organization I work for, I have at least three folks who know what I do, understand what I do, and are my champions. Because you can't get far all by yourself. You need a village. And Anna, when you talk about mentors, we know that mentors can be found everywhere. You and I are mentors. There's internal mentors in the company. What do you see the roles are for me, I saw mentors within the company as very helpful for strategy. They really understand the business. Obviously, they're all working together. They, they get the politics and, and everything going on. My question is, what are the advantages to going to outside mentors in your experience around brand development? It's a really great question, Lori. The advantage to going outside for a mentor is to get a, an objective point of view that's outside the confines of an organization. Uh, when I first began my business, I have two or three I call mentors that were CEOs in major organizations that I happen to know very casually. And sometimes I would go to them and ask them, give them a scenario without naming names, and get another point of view from them. They would be able to give their point of view, and it would help me understand the relationship that's within the organization, and there would not be a conflict of interest. Sometimes within an organization, you have to be careful with the mentor. You cannot put them at risk in terms of sharing information that should could put them in conflict. Outside of an organization would be different. So if there's a value to that, absolutely. But you as a mentee must be able to offer something to the mentor and needs to be a two-way street. So internal mentors, there can be a lot going on. And also the, the changes in the climate, you may not even be able to see what's coming. And all of a sudden, there's new ownership. There's a shift in divisions. Uh, it, you know, I think personal development is very personal. And so a mentee needs to be discerning as to where they want to go, um, so no matter what changes in the company environment, mm-hmm. they're not vulnerable for a lot of the information, especially when they develop a person, when someone develops a personal brand, they become very influential and they start standing out, which could put other people in a very uncomfortable position, even their mentors. And um, that that's my take on it. Do you have anything to add? We have about 30 seconds <laughs> to okay, add. Okay, well, I think the biggest thing about a personal brand and a mentor before Number we go two, to break. Your personal brand needs to be inclusive. It's not a brand that needs to be intimidating. It's not a brand that should shout in the room. That is my philosophy. Now, there are other philosophies that feel differently, but my philosophy is your brand 
needs to stand out in a way that people embrace it positively, not to win it on a negative basis. I mean, today, a great example is you look at the political climate. It's shifting a bit, and I don't know what the outcome would be, but for me personally, a personal brand should be inclusive and should not be intimidating. It be, should be welcoming, and it would be someone that you really want to know and be with. And it's all about intention, isn't it? Whether oh, yes. it, it, yes. whether we want my to. Com- that's for me. Now, you may have another consultant who feels differently, who feels that they want to break the mold and start all over. I think it's too difficult with the time constraints that we have. You have to look at what you're really good at and then keep strengthening that and keep growing that. Okay. Well, stay tuned to discover the critical elements of personal brand development and what you can do to begin your process of brand development now. We'll be right back. Change your world. Change your life. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com When you make decisions, do you ever find yourself in doubt? Are you trying to figure out what's right with you? Are you ready to truly change your life? Listen for the Access Consciousness Radio Show with the founders of Access Consciousness, Gary Douglas and Dr. Dane Here. Consciousness is all about including everything and judging nothing. Our program will help you break free from your personal limitations and enhance positive change in all areas of your life. Tune in to Access Consciousness, Thursdays at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Empowerment. Should there be more to your life? Do you need a change? Transformation for Success with Dr. Barbara Young will provide empowering commentary each week to encourage you. She will interview successful personalities from movies, television, business, technology, health, and academia. All of them have amazing stories, resulting in transformed lives. You'll learn how to discover real happiness, financial success, and fulfillment to live your highest purpose. Join her on Tuesdays at 12 noon Pacific Time and 3 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Empowerment Channel and a replay Fridays at 12 noon Pacific on the Voice America Women's Channel. Change your world. Change your life. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are listening to The Lori Moss Show. Better job, better life. If you have a question for Lori Moss, you can tweet it at L Moss Concepts. Find us on Facebook with keyword Lori Moss Concepts or send an email to radio at lorimossconcepts.com. Stay connected by visiting lorimossconcepts.com to learn more. While you're there, read our blog and sign up for the Lori Moss Concepts newsletter for more tips. Now, back to this week's program. Welcome back. Joining me today is Anna Wildemuth as we continue our topic today of personal branding and how it is essential to your success. Anna, what, what are the critical elements of personal brand development? Critical elements in the bigger picture, number one, would be have a presence in social media. Number two is be able to communicate with your audience face-to-face, on the phone, in a presentation, always be networking, meaning everyone you meet is a conduit to someone. And to me, those three things, plus the last one is the way you present yourself, 
how you walk into a room, how you engage people, and understanding the way that you can adapt your communications down to someone else. So these are my five most important things, I believe. It has worked in the 25 years I've been in the industry. I've seen folks who've grown tremendously because they adapted their personal brand. They understood their personal brand. They maybe in some cases have even changed their personal brand because it wasn't who they were. And, and it's kind of interesting how sometimes that can be related by an element in their office, by an element they wear, and by what their senior management has shared with them. Or they could have a job change. They, um, who knows what could happen, right? All of a sudden you're in a in different industry. Mm-hmm. And it, it, it doesn't really end. Let's say, let's say we're very competent, we're very talented individuals, but we're stuck because of our professional presence. And so we work on developing that. So once we take care of that, we get the next promotion we're now on a level of different responsibilities. Let's let's talk about the different levels from competency all the way up to the CEO position and what are the different requirements of those levels. And, and it's very interesting. In all the different levels, there is this wonderful book by Marsha Goldsmith, What Got You There Won't Get You There. What Got You Here Won't Get You There. It's it's really important to understand as you continue to move up, there'll be different nuances that are important. It's the way that you send an email. It's the way that you're going to pick up a phone. It's what you wear. Because I find as, as individuals move up the ladder who are in the position of either the, a CEO or incoming CEO, now they take much more attention to their appearance than they ever have because it makes a big difference in the way that you connect with folks. And I think because of lack of time, as you continue to move up, to be able to look at the items you wear and how you appear in, in different situations, whether it's on, in, on television, in media, whether it's in, in presentation, or whether it's at board meeting, I think it's important. But as you move up, it is completely different, absolutely. But hopefully as you move up, you will have built relationships with those individuals at some point in time. So as you move up, there is some familiarity that's there. So let's let's take the first step. Um, let's say I'm somebody who's very competent. I'm I'm the go-to person for an area of business, and yet I keep seeing all these people get promoted around me, and I know I'm qualified for the job. So I come and see you, Anna, and I come in the door and I say, you know, I'm stuck. Help me out. Mm-hmm. What do you typically find at that level? Is what is the most critical area to look at first? Is it appearance, behavior, interaction? Do you it, see any one element to, stick out? Two things. It's either the way they've interacted with folks in terms of their communication skills or the way they've appeared. Because usually when folks around you are being promoted or not, it has to be the way that you've been managing up and how senior leadership sees you. And to be really critical to know that you have those folks that have been moving around you, that's been moving up, what do they have that you don't have? That's the number one question I ask them. And interesting enough, I would say 60% of the time they will tell me what those folks had that they didn't have. But they always come back and say, I have more skills. I have been working harder. <laughs> I've been here longer. And I'll say, what do they have that you don't have? And they say they can interact with senior management. Um, every, senior management does not want a yes person, but they don't want a no person either all the time. 
you can say things in a way that, an example, one, CEO, one executive was making a presentation says, we didn't make the numbers this week. And I said, no. You want to think about the numbers don't look as good as we want them to be, but we know that we'll be moving them up. Right. It doesn't, it, it's a message that does not put people on the defensive. That's it, correct. Absolutely. It inspires people to actually <laughs> pull together and make it happen. Right. You want to make sure that they see you're a part of their team, that you will look up best for them, and that if you're successful, they're successful. I think it's so important. It's a, it's a communication piece, and it's how you appear in terms of your presence, too. As you talked earlier about your body language, you've talked earlier about how even on the phone, not interrupting. I know I have a terrible habit of interrupting, so I work on it a great deal because my time is limited. So I know that their time is limited. And so usually in a phone interview, if you have 45 minutes, you're, you're lucky. Usually it's a 30-minute call. So it's getting concise and being very clear on what's important to deliver in that time. Deliver and be, know what you're going to say and practice it. And sometimes folks will say, well, I don't have a video camera. I said, you have a cell phone. You can put it on selfie and talk to your cell phone. Your Apple, all the phones have selfies. You can videotape yourself that way and play mm-hmm. it back and look at it. Now, now back to the, the elements of personal brand development, I, I'm thinking of that, the person who's first introduced to brand development, and, and they tackle their appearance, because that usually is the easiest thing. Pe- people might come in the door and say, I'm on a budget, I don't know how this can happen. It actually can happen quite easily. But what happens in the workplace, um, pe- pe- when people see their colleague's appearance change, there's a dynamic that happens quite often, and I want our listeners to be aware of this so that um, you don't feel unique if this happens to you. But I, w- I was in the men's uh, clothing business uh, f- for many years in the professional area, and one of the things I really had to help my younger clients with was the group at lunch. And he would show up in a well-fitting suit. It could just be one color that he rotated all the time. But they noticed that he was stepping it up and mm-hmm. would give him a hard time. And and I, I had spoke earlier about intimidation, and, and I bring that up. It may be a negative word, but it's a reality in the workplace. Because if you, if you are very good at what you do and everybody knows it, but it's kind of comfortable to keep you in that place. When they see that you're starting to figure out the pieces that are missing so that you will be sought after, okay, we know what happens dynamically. So I just, you, you uh, also what's your p- point opinion really on that important. with clients you've worked with? You can with? be the worker bee, but they have a lot of worker bees. What they're looking for is people who are strategic, who can understand the bigger picture. And so one of the ways to be out of, still be a worker bee is find someone to succeed you. Mentor people that will see, take your place in what you're doing. And so many folks think that mm. I can be the only one. You can have power by giving it away. There you go. That's folks. great. Very, strategic yeah. is very important. And it's also showing some generosity also. It's not all about our advancement. Because these are people we may end up managing one day or who knows how they'll filter in 
to future business opportunities. Correct. So what we do today influences what we're doing tomorrow. Oh, absolutely. It has your 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 words, your way that you present will have a long range whether you believe it or not, good or bad. Unfortunately, bad has a longer range than the good. But if you're really, really good, it will have a long range. It will. And, uh, you know, so moving on from the appearance, appearance so gives us confidence, and, and sometimes that confidence can translate into helping our behavior be a, more authentic, because we're more comfortable with ourselves mm-hmm. and the way we're presenting, and we're not as awkward. So it's, it's actually, um, I have found with clients, a much easier approach to developing relationships and improving on communication just by getting our appearance to a level where we're confident. And An element of confidence is letting it go. It's it's very interesting about what you say about confidence. Years and years ago, I had I have a client. I still we still have a relationship, but he's now retired, and he was always yelling at me for certain things. And one day I said to him, "No problem. You can do what you think is best. You're going to get an invoice. I'm going to get a check." And he said to me, <laughs> "This is the first time I felt you had confidence in what you do." And I looked at him. What do you mean? He said, because you stopped badgering me. You know, confidence is sometimes letting things go. And the second thing about confidence, you can get it by doing it and doing it and doing it and practicing it. And that's what people think. So many times I will get younger folks will come to me. I was just giving this role. I don't feel confident. I don't know how I can do it. And I said, stop, stop. Go back and look at things you did well that gave you confidence that you felt really good about. And use those feelings as you continue to move up. Because confidence doesn't, some people are born with it. There's just absolutely no doubt in mind. But there are other folks who are not. And you'll have all these different stories about individuals, like this new individuals who, like, uh, Katie Kirk was a good example. She was told she would never, never be successful by somebody years and years ago. Look at her now. So part of it is understanding that you have to continue to take the good with the bad and can keep making it a learning lesson. And that's how you build confidence. Oh, and that is the beauty of mentorship, because it, it, there's somebody out there that reminds us who we really are, especially we're in, we're in the throes of transformation and really positioning ourselves um, to advance in the workplace. It's nice mm-hmm. to have that advocate out there that just reminds us, um, you know, who we are and what we can do. I'm sorry, Lori, I didn't catch that part, the last part. I was just recapping, just saying. Oh right, okay. The, I want to make the sure that there was maybe a question that I didn't, I missed. But no, it's important. Confidence is important, and and you build it by doing things that you love and enjoy and become successful at. That's the other thing. A personal brand is very important. You have to love what you do. You have to love where you're at. And sometimes you don't always know because some folks who are starting out may not have the choice. But you want to continue to keep a log about that and what you love to do and what you don't love to do. Because if you're in a space that you're not happy and you're not enjoying what you do, then you don't belong there. You want to find something else. 
maybe not right away, but keep looking for things that help you feel good about what you do. And sometimes it could be doing the same job, but in a different environment where either you're a little um, holding back from the public face or someone who just wants the experience of being in the public face. Mm-hmm. And it could be just doing the same thing we're doing, but in a different place and really understanding the environment that you thrive in and the people you thrive working with and and the work that you enjoy doing. Right. And sometimes we forget. I'm very lucky to be doing what I'm doing. I love my work. Is it always perfect? No. But 99% of the time, I love what I do. And I'll come across certain situations I wish that weren't there. So my role is to navigate through it and then get back to what I love to do. So when we talk about, let's talk about the management level of, let's say the senior management level, not the executive level. Mm -hmm. When someone moves into that arena, what are the areas that become really important at that point to focus on with branding versus when we were at the beginning stages of our career? As you move into senior management or management role, is to understand number one is what you need, what you want to and need to accomplish, given the direction by the senior leadership, whoever that may be. And number two is understand that the folks that report to you now, you may not have had many folks report to you, but now you're looking at maybe you had 10 folks report to you, now you have 150. Be sure that they all understand where you're coming from and what you expect of them. And always deliver. Do never, never give out a promise or a statement you can't deliver without letting them know you can't deliver it. That's where I think the trust element breaks down in, team, in team, teams, where managers say one thing and do something differently and not explain. That's a huge part of your brand is always be, I call, dependable and say, and say what you're going to deliver, and deliver what you're going to say. And that, that tends to be the, the level that I've observed to be the kiss of death if one hasn't developed their personal brand and has held the course with that consistently where their appearance, behavior, and interactions align all the time. So when people say, what is that person known for? That person has already established that and the standards um, and the way they conduct their business. It is really difficult at a more senior level position to begin trying to convince people. And some people stumble into those jobs, surprisingly, um, if they don't, and they don't have a personal brand and they don't have a mm-hmm. reputation. And no, that is, a, yeah, that's a kiss of death at that level because you're not probably going to survive very long, which is why we're talking today about personal brand that it needs to start at a lower level in our career mm-hmm. and just building capital in an organization. Yeah. It's building capital. It's, I, I use the Stephen Covey when he talks about how you want to always think of your brand as a bank, keep investing in it. Keep investing in it because sometimes you may have to withdraw from it and you want to make sure there's enough capital there that when you need to withdraw from it. When something happens in your career, maybe you had no control over or there's a reorganization and you may be on the bubble, be sure that you have enough capital that people see you in another position. 
So when you say capital, just a brand, this is what you're known for. Yeah, capital means the, the relationships you've built, the work that you've done that has a long range, range to it. Keep building on that. And that becomes a capital. It's like your money in an organization that sometimes you may need to uh, use it. Let's say you're in a team situation and, and we're at opposite ends of something. That's when you may have to use the capital a little bit to get them to see your point of view, that they'll trust you because they've seen your work in the past. They've seen what you've said. They've, you've seen what you've delivered and how you also navigated through times where things were not as good and that everybody came out as well as they could have in the situation. And oftentimes, if we have been very authentic and true to, to our brand, we become sought after. People don't see it as a lost opportunity for that person. They said, let me grab that person because of the value and what they stand for. So the, the brand is really our resume, isn't it? Our lifelong it resume. In a, re- in a recent situation that I was involved in without naming people, it's how this person was, was, had an okay brand, but that person needed to go in a larger arena, much larger arena, almost like, not political, but close to being in politics, and how that person had to take that brand and really hone it down in the way they appeared, in the way they communicated nationally and internationally, how they viewed in print, how their articles were printed, I mean, how they, their messaging had to be very specific. It's larger, it can be larger than life depending on the, on the space you play. And the important thing is when you start at beginning stage, you just keep building on it. Sometimes it's more difficult when you've gotten there and now the next level is very high and you don't have the brand, you had a brand that was very specific. Uh, there's so many CEOs that don't make it because they made their mark in a certain brand development of a product. But then what happened beyond that product, they needed other products. They didn't have that brand. It was, it was difficult. And times when times get tight, they, didn't, they, may not, they don't make it. So you've got to have a long range where people get to know and see you in a bigger picture. If that's, that's where you right. want to go. Now, some people don't want to go there. They're, they're happy to be where they're at. They just want to keep where they're at stable. And you still have to keep strengthening your brand in a more different way, in a different way. And it's also okay if you just want to stay with that brand. And, and sometimes oh, sure. our decisions Absolutely. are not to advance further. Um, our body language will give us away, too, if we're not in sync with where we need to go and what the, what the conversation needs to be about. And we're really mm-hmm. not aligned with that. Mm-hmm. So branding is really an authentic uh, process for us. Oh, uh, trust is a big element of a brand. Trust. As you look at the, you look at Apple is a great example when when Steve Jobs was alive, and they're still working really hard. But there is a huge trust element in that Apple. People want that creativity. They want that wow factor. They want, even if it's limited in some areas, they want that wow factor. They want that image piece that really they can hold and love and look at. And they've built a great trust with their with their with their their, their I call their customers. And that's the same thing with yourself. You have a brand. You want to build trust, want people to know what they're getting, how they're getting it, and what they can rely on. It's not simple. It sounds simple, but it's not. It's an ongoing process. 
You might have loved doing it, too, at the same time. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, stay tuned as we'll be right back, and, and we'll discuss more about how to prepare for your personal brand and how it can help you evolve in your career. We'll be right back. Change your world. Change your life. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com When you make decisions, do you ever find yourself in doubt? Are you trying to figure out what's right with you? Are you ready to truly change your life? Listen for the Access Consciousness Radio Show with the founders of Access Consciousness, Gary Douglas and Dr. Dane Here, Consciousness is all about including everything and judging nothing. Our program will help you break free from your personal limitations and enhance positive change in all areas of your life. Tune in to Access Consciousness, Thursdays at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Empowerment. Should there be more to your life? Do you need a change? Transformation for Success with Dr. Barbara Young will provide empowering commentary each week to encourage you. She will interview successful personalities from movies, television, business, technology, health, and academia. All of them have amazing stories, resulting in transformed lives. You'll learn how to discover real happiness, financial success, and fulfillment to live your highest purpose. Join her on Tuesdays at 12 noon Pacific Time and 3 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Empowerment Channel and a replay Fridays at 12 noon Pacific on the Voice America Women's Channel. Change your world. Change your life. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are listening to The Lori Moss Show. Better job, better life. If you have a question for Lori Moss, you can tweet it at L Moss Concepts. Find us on Facebook with keyword Lori Moss Concepts or send an email to radio at LoriMossConcepts.com. Stay connected by visiting LoriMossConcepts.com to learn more. While you're there, read our blog and sign up for the Lori Moss Concepts newsletter for more tips. Now, back to this week's program. Welcome back to our show. I'm Lori Moss. I'm here with Anna Wildermuth, and we are continuing our discussion about personal branding and why it is critical for your success. Anna, one of the areas you talk about is becoming aware of your surroundings. Mm-hmm. So when you say aware of your surroundings, what, what does that encompass? Well, I'm often asked that question, and when I say aware of your surrounding, I would, let's, take a, let's take a business you're, you're in a corporate structure. Understand your manager. Understand the, the team that reports to you and the way that they communicate and how you adapt to their communication. Understand that there are, I call four different, I call buckets of different styles. There are the people people who love to be with people, who, and there are people, individuals who are task-oriented. You want to understand what bucket you fall into and how you relate to them. I think after hours is another piece I think it's important that you and I just briefly talked about. Business people are your business friends. They are not your personal friends in the sense that, yes, sometimes we are very lucky to have, I've had clients that have known for 25 years, they are my business friends. And they will ask me sometimes personal questions because they get to know me. And there's sometimes I will answer them, sometimes I will, I will, 
rebound a little bit. I will add a little more detail, and sometimes I won't because they're business, they're business, they're business clients. So I wouldn't share the same thing with them as I would share with my sister. That's where you want to make, where I think some people make a make, make mistake. Because what happens, there is a situation that will come about that will put everybody sort of on opposite sides. And then that emotion comes in because you thought that you had a personal relationship with them. You have a business personal relationship, completely different. That's right. It is. It is very difficult. And, and, and I ask folks who are going into new organizations, take a look at your surrounding. Make notes. How many folks that you feel that need to own the room and how many folks that never really say much but they tend to be shy? Understand how you relate to them and how you can interface with them. Uh, one thing that's a little bit about clothing, if you're a person that comes in, unless you're in the fashion industry and you are a person that can have, you're strong about your opinions and you could have like take no prisoners when certain situations come back, dress a little more low-key. It'll balance so you won't be intimidating so much. And the same thing, example, if you tend to be a person that's very laid back, you can dress in stronger colors. It makes a big difference in how you relate to people, how you answer them, and cultural, what culture, how it cultures your environment. That also makes a big difference, too. So it's beginning to be aware of your surroundings and taking mental notes or physical notes so that you'll understand when certain things don't work the way they should, that you thought they should. One of, and one of the things I have found to be true when I'm, when I'm observing a, a new uh, business situation is, mm-hmm. is becoming skilled at questioning people. Uh, I, I learned this in sales. Somebody walks in, you've never met them before, you really don't know anything about them and you don't know how to direct them. Um, becoming very skillful at asking those questions with sincerity. We don't want to grill because we know that we know what happens when we've got this list of things that we're supposed to say. It, it right. has to be a curiosity that we are really sincere about finding more out about their person, their lifestyle, and, and what they really need. That's what relationship is. And then we determine whether we, um, I don't know if it's needs, but really what makes people comfortable and at ease. And sometimes it is the way we look. They could walk into a business and we're the, f- the first person they see. And depending about how we're behaving at the time with a colleague, how we appear, or the awkwardness of our interaction may not be comfortable for them in a different that, environment. That, that a different person could see that and have an entirely different uh, perception. Right. It's that first impression that's highly critical. It's where they, you engage them and they feel they like you. Maybe not a right away, but there's a comfortability with them. It's, it's really important in how you work with them. And it's like the energy that you can pick up from that person that you can translate to an energy that works for both of you. That's right. So it's really becoming creative at, at building relationships because, as we talked oh, earlier, absolutely. Uh, you, you actually can't they, advance. And watching in, how they react to you, I think, is very important. Because that first impression, so many times you've met somebody and you didn't like them, how many times does it take you to undo it? Uh, quite a few times. So it's really, really, really critical. And I think today with folks glued to their computer, glued to their phone, glued to the Internet, they're losing some of that little bit, that nuance of how you interact with folks. Liking people is important. 
I think it's important, just like you said, that natural curiosity, Lori, because that will take you far. And it won't be intrusive. It's just you're curious. You want to build a relationship. You don't want anything from them. You just want to have a have a nice conversation, get to know them. They get to know you. And that's the way that I think people begin to build relationships. Which... You know, getting the getting the respect is is actually that first impression, and then getting the second opportunity for a conversation is the trust, and then we get cooperation. Whether it's yes. cooperation from colleagues, we get a new client, whatever that that is. Absolutely, just absolutely. It's all about building relationship. Your brand is all about building relationships and making a connection. It's so you can take a you can take a product. Take products that do that. Amazon has built a relationship about providing a product in a, in, a, in a quick turnaround and also taking care of the product if it doesn't work out. That's that trust element. I've never had a problem with Amazon, which is, you know, I, that to me, I trust them if I buy something from them. If it doesn't work out, they'll take it back. That's I wouldn't right. say that by they deliver. They deliver on their promise. <laughs> yeah, they deliver. And, and we have to deliver on our brand. Yeah. We, this can't be a contrived brand, and, and we see brand shifting all the time in in campaigning throughout the decades. There's nothing new under the sun with this campaign or prior campaigns. It's when we realize we want to reach more people, we want to shift that. And so that's when the body language and a lot of other things flag that there's an incongruency. Uh, so that's that's the importance of brand is that we stick to it. And take a stand and then adapt it, but have it represent who we truly are. That's right. And, Absolutely, and, Lori. You know, Anna, it's been so great having you on the show today. I knew we were going to have a lively discussion. I, hopefully it's really helped our listeners that you have uh, something to take away today, whether it's a change in your appearance, Absolutely. your behavior, and, and interactions. You have my website and you have my email address. More than happy if they have a question that's not related to policy in their organization. I'd be more than happy to answer them via email and be of help because we want, as you do, want people to enjoy what they do, be successful at what they do. And, and that adds, I think, to the fabric of the world and my world is if everybody's happy doing what they want to do, there's less conflict and there's much more joy. That's right. Well, what we want to do with branding is make it easy for people to see what you have to offer and to build a brand that speaks to the essence of who you are, what you contribute, what you can contribute while respecting the needs of those whom you serve. Visit us at the LoriMossConcepts.com website to connect and tell us what's on your mind. It was a pleasure to be with all of you today. Anna, thank you for being our guest. Thank you for tuning in to The Lori Moss Show. Better job, better life. To learn more about Lori Moss Concepts, our services, and to connect with the expert and professional presence, visit LoriMossConcepts.com. Tune in next week for more professionalism transformation. The Lori Moss Show, Better Job, Better Life, airs every Wednesday at 12 noon Pacific Time and 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Have a successful week.
Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.